It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cricket Badger IPL Daily Podcast 2021, the Indian Premier League 14th edition. It's great to have you with us. From the first match all the way to the final. Chennai Super Kings, Delhi Capitals, Kolkata Knight Riders, Mumbai Indians, Punjab Kings, Rajasthan Royals, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, Sunrisers, Hyderabad. May the best team win. Brought to you in association with Who Knows Wins, put your money where your mates are, and play along with the Cricket Badger. Hello everybody, welcome along IPL 2021 Daily Podcast. IPL 2021 now defunct to some extent, but the podcasts roll on, certainly through this week anyway, as we kind of pick out the fallout from the IPL being indefinitely suspended in India. The players heading home. Um, or trying to head home, various different routes back, depending on what nationality they are. And I'm um, joined today by Daniel Kelly and Neil Varani's back as well to uh, talk about um, the way the IPL stands at the moment. Daniel, we'll bring you in first. I haven't heard from you for a while. It's the first time I spoke to you since the IPL has been indefinitely suspended. It had to happen, didn't it? In the end, it was inevitable, really. Yeah, I think um, the last pod I was on, we talked about how how much of a knife edge we were on at that point. Um, and we all tentatively said that we should carry on, um, but it was always lurking in the background. Yeah, we, we didn't really have, there was no choice by the end when players start, when players' safety starts getting compromised and, um, you know, the, the biosecure bubbles start becoming not biosecure. I don't think there's, there's not a thing that could have been done. It had to be, had to be cancelled, unfortunately, or postponed as it is officially at the moment. I'm seeing a lot of pieces in the papers um, today. A lot of people, very wise after the event, I would suggest. Hindsight's a wonderful thing and saying it should never have been played in India. It should never have been this, that and the other. And they made mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, A, it's a pandemic, so certain things are going to be beyond your control. But at the time it was planned, this IPL, when the um, the great and the good of Indian cricket was sitting around a table planning IPL 2021, obviously there was a big drive. So, so Ganguly wanted to have it in India for all the right reasons. And it looked like it was achievable back then, but obviously things have moved on. And, and it's just circumstances, I think, really. I mean, the last year and a bit, it's been very hard to organise anything, hasn't it? I think what this proves is that how, however much of an effort you you put into making to, to safeguarding players and to create an environment where you're secluded 
benefited from um, the events going on around the, the event. The nature of a pandemic means that there's always going to be a chance that it gets into every sort of walk of life, no matter how, like I said before, how biosecure you make things. The nature of a pandemic is it's going to rear its head at some point through some avenue. And whether that's through, um, I know we, you know, KL Rahul, for instance, went for a, a scan, didn't he? And, um, you know, there's been a few players leave the bubbles for scans and not necessarily brought back in in the way that they could have been in hindsight. Um and I think the, the density of COVID throughout India at the minute is, you know, when these bubbles are are breached, I think there's there's only one outcome, and that is the way it's going to be. I think in hindsight, like you said, James, we talked about um, how much of an effect it would have on the Indian population at the minute as the only sort of thing that they had, that only saving grace day to day to keep them, not keep them going, but to give them a bit of distraction from the harsh reality of what was going on outside of their windows. Um, I mean, it was the right decision to keep it going while the bubbles are unaffected. You know, we've got to the point of no return, really, and it has to be ended. But like you said, I think the the attitude that in hindsight, you know, it should never have been going on. It was disgraceful and whatever. It's very easy to say at this point and to take the moral high ground. But there were very valid and very important reasons that it was going on. Um, and I think, you know, the organisers would still stand by that they make the right decision to, to push it as long as they could. It's just an unfortunate thing. Yeah, it's very sad. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of people, Neil, in India at the moment who have been turning the TVs on at a certain time every day, watching their heroes, having that escape for four hours, who are going to really miss it. We're sitting here in England in, thankfully, a nicer national situation, although you know we weren't so far away from the Indian situation a matter of months ago. And we've said amongst ourselves how much, certainly the last IPL, and this one as well to a lesser extent, really helped our day. We had four hours a day of enjoyment and escapism and that is a huge thing when eight hours on some days on the double-headed days absolutely those days those were days to treasure the escape from what is in essence a um, a gilded cage for us when we're in lockdown was absolutely vital to keeping some of us sane I mean, I I relate to that massively. I live in a one-bedroom flat. I haven't seen that many people over the last year. And that daily appointment of watching cricket or the football match that's on in the evening or whatever is something to look forward to during the day. And it it does change your outlook on the day rather than just sitting there on the sofa watching endless Netflix reruns or whatever. uh, It does make a difference. It's a really positive part of the day. And I'm sure there are a lot of people in India who are going to really miss it over the next few weeks. Dan, um, you are one of our Delhi Capitals um, fans, or I think you're the only Delhi Capitals Capitals fan on this uh, on this podcast last year we, we brought you on as a not an IPL newbie but somebody that had never really had an allegiance with the franchise and it was an experiment to see if having a uh, franchise gave you a little bit more investment and enjoyment in the competition it seemed to work in IPL 2020 and your Delhi Capitals boys were were doing really nicely this time around wasn't it I mean there's a potential that we'll never find out how how well they would have done but they had a chance of winning it this time yeah I think um it's a real shame for Delhi I think we were looking very good very consistent at the start of the tournament and I could see that carrying on as well um, I think Rishab was getting to grips with captaincy and coming into his own a little bit on, on that front as well a um, lot of players in form yeah it just kind of sums Delhi's IPL history up that the the time that we're sort of sailing to glory um, <laughs> a global pandemic happens and ruins everything for everyone it's kind of you know sort of stereotypical Delhi but yeah who knows we might get going again and pick up where where we left off I think that's a bit of a fanciful um, idea at this point but 
Delhi and RCB for me were the two best teams before we stopped. Yeah, I, I could see them two definitely getting very deep in the tournament. I'm just really disappointed. Yeah, playing really good cricket, Delhi Capitals. Uh, I was enjoying watching that. Who knows wins? Download our app right now from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and play against your friends with bragging rights and real money on the line. Who knows wins? Put your money where your mates are. Who knows wins in a league of their own? I mean, Neil, you're the Sunrisers fan. Not going quite so well for you, it has to be said, in IPL 2021. They'd obviously just fired David Warner from the captaincy, brought Kane Williamson in. I mean, in a way, David Warner will look back and think, uh, if only um, this had finished a week earlier, I'd still be captain of the Sunrisers. It's funny how things go like that, isn't it? You know, this IPL ever does get finished by the time we move on to September or whenever, David Warner's form might be a completely different matter and the question of his captaincy would never have arisen. Yeah, it's a, uh, a huge what if when the IPL restarts. I don't think it's going to be an if because just because of the huge amounts of money, goodness knows what the BCCI would need to refund to Star and Vivo and whoever else. Oh, you're not talking about the odd tenor. You're talking about millions and millions and millions oh. of pounds, aren't you? I and mean, the contracts for um, for the TV rights is somewhere in the billions. Um, yeah. This is a huge, huge industry. And you're talking uh, about the uh, the most powerful cricket board in the world as well, who are 100% committed to getting that shoehorned in somewhere. And apart from that, for world cricket, I know there's a lot of talk about how big a piece of the pie India take. India are, are a net's provider in world cricket. Uh, there's more money coming in from India than uh, BCCI takes back out. This is going to have severe ramifications for everyone, especially those countries which do rely on the ICC to top up their uh, their coffers. The, the comments you see on, on Twitter and on in, in articles that this is all about the cash, this is just wrong. Yeah, they would never have played on if it wasn't for the money. I mean, it is sport, but the money is important, isn't it? You know, you can't just ignore the fact that this turns over a hell, of, a hell of a lot of cash and the money is a major factor in this. And the money is, in the end, what um, what allows cricket around the world to, to continue. Um, I know there are, I was listening to a podcast by the Talk Sport guys and Neil Manthorpe talking about the knock-on effects um, that this will have on South African cricket. I mean, they're in a huge amount of debt at the moment. They rely on the money from the ICC to stay afloat. And with the IPL in the uh, the format in India that um, has gone on this season, being a dry run for the T20 World Cup, really, really worry about what could happen if that gets uh, that gets affected, which you know I don't see how it can't. Even if they have it in India, it's going to have to be in significantly different formats. It might have to be um, in just Mumbai across three stadium. We've seen before how having um, so many games in just a, on just a couple of strips affects the quality of the cricket, and that in a, in a knock-on effect will um, will change what the games are worth to the ICC um, and the viewing figures. So this is going to have ramifications across the cricket world, unfortunately. On the greater scheme of things, with people dying and uh, the pandemic being pretty grim in India, Dan, the 
Um, the fact that cricket has stopped isn't isn't the be all and end all of life, is it? But apart from the money, on the cricketing side of things, we're obviously the IPL. We're seeing some of the best cricketers in the world playing some of the best cricket in the world. AB de Villiers is just somebody I, I just tune into the IPL RCB games, waiting for AB de Villiers to do something special. We want to find out who wins this tournament, don't we? I mean, it's it's far from satisfactory to have a tournament finish halfway through where there are so many things that we don't know that's going to happen. It's like watching Line of Duty, and um, which is uh, if you're listening overseas that's a very big series in the UK over the last few weeks uh, and stopping after episode three isn't it and not finding out what happens after episode seven. Oh, I thought you were going to spoil it for me then James I haven't seen the last one yet I was <laughs> going to kick it off yeah I think I think um, Neil is right you know the, the money factor will ensure that the tournament is ended in some guys whether that is um, and you know it could be a totally different format it could be even if they just sort of try and I don't, I don't know, freeze the table and work out points per game or something like that and get some playoffs together and just get it done really quickly. But then you'll have the issue of not fulfilling the TV deals and things like that. I mean, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to play the games, aren't you? You're going to have to finish, yeah. off, finish off the tournament. And even if it's three games a day or something ridiculous. I don't think there's any easy answer. I think if we have a delay, any sort of delay from this point bleeds into, you know, the, the cricket calendar around the world. We could be looking at, I mean, if we have a, a delay until later on in the English summer, which has been floated around, um, sort, sort of September time, we could be looking at teams finishing the tournament with totally different makeup of, of squads. It's not going to be sort of a consistent narrative throughout the tournament if we have any sort of delay. Just just going back to the, the T20 World Cup, I think it's going to be tough now to get teams from all around the world to fly into these biosecure bubbles um, wherever they are and not have that in the back of their mind that, you know, they've been breached once, who's to say it's not going to happen again? I think. I mean, that, that's a really good point, I think, because the, I mean, the BCCI, um, I mean, I've read a few pieces today actually saying that it wasn't perfect, this bio bubble. There were things that were going on. It's all rumour and hearsay and none of it's, I, I can't prove any of it, so I'm not going to actually say what the rumours are. But for a, for a team flying in from Pakistan or from, from wherever to play in a, in a T20, World Cup. It's that trust. We talked about it yesterday. The trust in the in the bio bubble in the, in the, that you're secure, that you're safe. And if the IPL, which is the richest tournament in the world, has been breached, then what trust can you have even in the T20 World Cup? Yeah, I think with we the first sort of biosecure biosecure environment around the world was obviously in England last summer, and that kind of went off without you know any sort of incident I mean Joffre Archer was a little bit unfortunate when he nipped home for a couple of hours but other but it, than that but it's, a, it's a lot easier though isn't it when you've got two teams and you can bed them down in the same place and exactly. they're effectively walking to the ground and walking back to their yeah. hotel rooms that, that was the point I was going to make with a significant amount of travel um, a significant amount of squads all using the same potentially all using the same facilities at some point over the, the length of the tournament it's going to be very very hard to keep an eye on I think it needs a a big review um, and and some trust will have to be gained around the world of cricket before anyone commits to anything going in, you know, going into, especially going back into India um, anytime soon. Um, And it's just something they'll have to work through. The England bubble was in about as simple a way as possible. Two teams in a, um, a single stadium hotel on site. But the one time that there was any travel is where the weakness was. And even with only two teams, travel from Southampton to Manchester, it was still breached. I mean, because you're relying on the humans actually abiding by the rules, aren't you? And humans don't always abide by the rules. The only criticism I'd have of the IPL, and this isn't hindsight because I said it at the time, I did think they were a bit ambitious 
you know, after, after staging it successfully in the UAE last time, I'd have, quite, I'd have been quite happy for them to go back there again because it worked very well. But they wanted to have fans in the ground. They wanted to try and get back to normality, didn't they? And Surah Kavanguli was driving towards that. But I, I must admit, when I, when I first heard all of that and saw the fixtures and the fact that there were eight grounds and the teams were going to have to be travelling around, I thought... Are they biting off more they, than they can chew here? Keep it, sometimes keeping it simple and keeping it, you know, not trying to be as adventurous might have been a better policy. Yeah, I mean, how, when you, when you look back to, I look back to the end of the England-India series for the white ball stuff, and it was only, you know, two or three months ago, we had 90,000 rammed into a stadium. That seemed um, ridiculous. I mean, we said at the time that seemed ridiculous. I, you know, when, I know in England, when, when the first wave hit England last April time, we looked back at that couple of weeks where we had full football grounds at the weekend and we had, you know, the Champions League games going off with fans coming in from Europe. Cheltenham Racing. Is, exactly. This is a similar thing, but in a way, it's, it's, it's more unforgivable because the pandemic hadn't gone anywhere at that point. The numbers were lower, but we were fully aware of what could happen at that point in this similar situation. And whether it was, uh, you know, politics at play because we've got a new stadium and we need to start making some money on it. We've got a name added to the stadium, which, you know, some certain people would like a little bit of um, sort of an image um, thing to uphold. I don't know. It could be something like that. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's, not, let's not mince words. The Prime Minister of the country named the stadium after himself and would have liked to have seen it looking vibrant. Exactly. But when you when you do something like that and disregard everything that's been going on around the world, if, if you look at, like I, I know I keep harking back to the, the football in, in our country, we didn't know what was coming. It was all fresh. It was all new. We didn't know. It seemed insane that normal life wouldn't carry on. You know, this deep into a global pandemic, that is absolutely unforgivable. Yeah, there's lessons that have been learned by now, aren't there? Um, whereas yeah, at the definitely. start, people were kind of like walking into a dark room, feeling around, where, trying to find out where the walls were and where the boundaries were. Whereas, you know, for, to a large extent, not certainly, I think we understand it fully yet, but to a large extent, we do understand the uh, the nature of this pandemic a lot more now. So as you say, the, the mistakes are a little bit more glaring, aren't they? BlackRatCricket.co.uk You've probably spent lockdown dreaming about scoring runs and taking wickets. Well, let Black Rat Cricket kit you out and take you towards success. BlackRatCricket.co.uk They've got a swanky new website. And if you quote Badger when you check out, you can get yourself 15% off. BlackRatCricket.co.uk Join the infestation. Let's um, move on away from all of that stuff uh, and move towards the the players themselves. There's been again stories I've I've seen about you know these rich people. Why are they being pampered? Why are they thinking about charter flights? Why are they doing this, that, and the other? And there's a lot of politics in that. I mean, Australia is obviously the the, the prime example. Somebody told me yesterday there was thirty to fifty thousand Australians in India who were trapped in the country and wanted to go home. So why should the uh, the cricketers be made a special case? Um, and to me, they shouldn't be. Um, whether you agree with the rules that the Australian Prime Minister has put in or not, and I don't think I do to um, particularly, because I think if I, if I was an Australian, I would be hoping that my home country would look after me a little bit more than maybe uh, Scott Morrison is doing at the moment for the Australians in India. I, I don't think the racial side of things, which I've seen being painted, is necessarily a, a productive argument. The players themselves here, and we talked a lot about mental health on this this podcast over the last year because it has been a big, big thing, not just for people sitting at home, but for cricketers in bio bubbles staring at the four walls of a hotel room and then trying to play their best cricket. And I woke up this morning, Neil, thinking about Joss Butler, as I as I do on a regular basis. And um, 124 the other day, his first T20 century. 
he would have walked off there full of adrenaline, man of the match awards in his back pocket. The tournament was starting for him. He'd actually, you know, he hadn't been in the greatest of Nick until then, but he played a, a fantastic innings. And the signs were good for Joss Butler that over the next sort of seven games or whatever of the tournament that were left for him, yeah, the sky was the limit, wasn't it? He? He, was, he was starting to really punch the tournament and, and to make it the, the last half of that innings was incredible. You go from that as a player, full of all of that, and that's in your head, whirring around that you've had a great day. And now over the next two weeks, he's faced with travelling back to England, being staring at the four walls of a hotel room he doesn't know before he can then go back home to his loved ones. You, you go from the sublime to the ridiculous, don't you? That's got to be quite mentally wearing. With all due respect to Joss, he'd been an absolute shambles up until the second half of uh, that innings against Sunrisers. He'd been scratching around like he'd never played the game before and then became the Joss Butler that we expect to see um, in the second half where he scored some ridiculous number of runs. Finally feeling that you've got back into touch, that you're repaying the faith and that you're earning the massive contracts and then having it all whipped away. It's got to be very, very difficult. I think Joss is in a um, a slightly better place because my understanding is that his wife and daughter have travelled with him to India and been within the bubble. Thankfully, he won't be won't be alone there. But it's got to be a massive culture shock for the people who are out there alone who you know finally started to really make a name for themselves. Um, someone that I think of a bit is Kyle Jameson. Yeah, uh, only really uh, come into international cricket, uh, or certainly to my knowledge, when he was superb in the test against India about a year and a half ago. I think. And, and, and I mean, on the previews, I had my doubts about Carl Jameson. I'd seen a bit of him for New Zealand, but you know, his experience in India wasn't huge. And I was thinking, this is a bit of a risk for RCB. They've paid huge amounts of money for this guy. It could be an absolute flop. But he was far from that, wasn't he? No, he was superb. And I, I was the same as you. I'd seen him play uh, T20s against Australia um, just before the, the IPL started. And he didn't do very well. He got smashed about a bit. And to my mind, he was a, a test bowler who'd bowled extremely well against Virat Kohli and managed to get a T20 gig, a huge amount uh, of money. And also for him, you know, someone coming from New Zealand, a place where the money domestically for cricket is not that big. Uh, the money that he gets from the New Zealand board for, I assume he's got a central contract now, that's not going to be that big. This is absolutely mind-blowing um, what he's um, been contracted for. I assume he'll get you know, maybe half of that in the end. I don't know how the legalities work. Well, actually, just to jump in on that, um, one of the questions I was going to come to was about the finances for the players because we seem to get drifted into this thing that they're all millionaires and they're all earning you know, shed loads of cash every single IPL. It, there's, a, there's a grade to that. You've got the Carl Jamesons and the Glenn Maxwells at the top end of the spectrum, the Virat Kohlers, but the ones at the very bottom are earning sort of 20 grand or something like that, aren't they? You know, which is a, a decent amount for seven weeks' work, but it's not life-changing stuff. There's a piece in the Daily Mail today about the England players, and I, I, I assume that this crosses over to all of the different countries, but um, I'll just read the first couple of paragraphs to you. England's players face a delay of several months being paid for their IPL stint after this year's postponement. Under the terms of a standard IPL contract disclosed to Sports Mail, salaries are paid by the franchises in three equal instalments, with the last two payments held over until the conclusion of the tournament and the end of the calendar year. 
in which it takes place respectively. So on the basis of that, they'll have been paid a third of the money up front or on arrival or whenever at the start of the competition. And then they follow the, the other two payments. One comes at the end of the tournament and then the, the, the other one comes at the end of the uh, the calendar year once all of the money's come into the coffers, I would imagine, from the tournament sponsors and stuff. So at the moment, they've been paid a third of what they are due. This is the very crux of why it's a suspension and not a cancellation. Not the player salaries so much, but the TV deals are also going to be very much on the basis that no refunds will be necessary while it's only suspended. Um, but these players, we we always hear about the the Jamesons, Chris Morris, Ben Stokes, you know, making millions of dollars. But the majority of players, as you say, aren't on that at all. Uh, there was an interesting interview with Luke Wright that I read a few years ago that said, actually, it cost him money to go to the IPL the first time round, um, especially without any support from the ECB at the time. For him, it was an investment in his future because if he went out there and impressed, then he'd get a bigger contract next yeah. time. It was like an audition. Round. Yeah. He'd have a name for other competitions. And we all know Luke Wright has probably had one of the best franchise careers um, of anyone going around. So he's one of the highest scorers in the big bash, isn't he, over the over the last decade? Exactly. And he was out there for, I think he could almost have been due a testimonial by, uh, by the time he retired from the big bash. But these guys aren't on um, huge amounts and the way the payments are made are staggered. And also, most players won't make their full contracts because my understanding is you've got about half of it guaranteed and then... The rest is based on um, on bonuses for playing, for qualifying from the group stage, for winning the yeah. IPL. Um, so they're not making as big money as you expect. And then you take into account their own personal costs, um, their, uh, what they pay to their agent, um, who, to be fair, if they've got an IPL deal, he's, he's done quite well there. They pay the ECB or their county um, a percentage of that or if they don't pay it directly, then their normal salary is deducted, which is fair enough. They're not available, but that is still coming out of their back pocket at the end. So this is going to hurt quite a few guys financially. And hopefully um, when they get home and through quarantine and so on, they'll um, uh, they'll be able to turn out for their clubs or uh, the suspension will um, mean that the ECB start paying their portion of the central contracts again. Um, and it won't be as hard a hit, but financially, it could really put some people in um, in strife. Um, Chris Lynn, when he was talking about CA getting a charter plane, I was quite sceptical initially because I thought he was off as a private um, on a private enterprise, and CA don't have any uh, uh, any skin in the game. But apparently, they get ten percent of all contracts from for Australian players, so so they do still have. Um, some level of DC care there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this falls out. Obviously, none of the players will say anything because they don't want to annoy employers, either IPL or domestic. But uh, the truth will out at some point. I, I would be very surprised if Carl Jameson, Jai Richardson, etc., who got their first big IPL deal and, and the promise of a lot of money, hadn't made some mental plans to at least upgrade their car a little bit or something like that. You know, you. It's only human nature, isn't it? I mean, Dan, the, going back to the Joss Butler thing, I've never done anything good in my life, so I don't know what this is like. But you hear rock stars say, you come off after a fantastic show and the come down from that is quite severe. You know, you, you, at 
some of them stay up till six in the morning. That's where the drink and the drugs come out because you, you've got to kind of try and keep that adrenaline flow going because you can't get to sleep off the back of it. I, after playing big matches in the IPL with all the pressure and everything that's on that, to then be asked to go and quarantine in a hotel room and isolate for 10 days. The contrast between the two is, is stark, isn't it? As I say, we've talked a lot on this podcast about looking after the players. And I think sometimes the money and all of that kind of thing is a bit of a red herring. We've got, they're still human beings with, with brains inside that are, are going to be struggling. Yeah, exactly, James. Um, when Neil was, you know, that was a fantastic piece there by Neil. That was um, spot on, really good to to hear. You've never said that about anything I've said. Uh, that's, well, there you go, James. Up the game. You said <laughs> you've never done anything good. You just said that. Um, yeah, the first thing that came to my mind, you were talking about Josh Butler being bubbled up and the sort of the mental side of things. We've mentioned him a few times, or I have anyway, on this pod across the start of the IPL ones and the India and England series. I immediately think of Moe Nally, who's been bubbled up for months on end with playing hardly any cricket. He was treated rather appallingly by England throughout the winter. He's managed to get himself a really good gig with CSK, a franchise that seems to really value him and appreciate what he does for the team and what he can offer to the game. Um, he gets a really good run in the team. He's taking wickets. He's scoring runs. He's he was playing well, really wasn't he? Good. He was in really great form and he's looked, you know, he's looked better than he has done for quite a while on on a cricket pitch. And all of a sudden, that has now ended. Um, and He's now stuck in another biosecure bubble, not being able to go anywhere um, with all this going off around him. The, the mental toll that that must take on on someone is, um, I mean, it's immeasurable, really. And poor Mo has been, you know, kicked from pillar to post, really. I don't, I don't know how he's coped, to be honest. It's heartbreaking, really, to know that he was, you know, in a good place. He's starting to do really well. And, the, you know, the, it's all been taken away from him again. Um, he must feel like he can't catch a break at the minute. And that is the sad thing. I mean, you look at these guys, you think they're in a biosecure bubble. They have, you know, the life of Riley. They're in these five-star, six-star hotels with um, all the facilities in the world. But this is where it really hits home that they are there to entertain us. And they're putting themselves in a, a position that everyone else in their country at the minute back home, particularly for the English guys, um, and, and the same for the, the Kiwis and the Aussies. They're, they're, you know, their people aren't in that sort of situation at the minute. They're not having to... Um, they haven't got as much of that worry going on around them at the minute. And they've put themselves in that situation. I know they're earning big money, but they are entertaining the world, but you know, the, the world of cricket. And to put themselves in in that position where their health could potentially be affected, both mental and and you know, physical well being with the actual disease, it, it kind of really hits home that they are doing everyone a, a you know a, a big service really and fair play to them for keep for, for keeping going through it all. And yeah, it's just it's just really sad, and I hope that you know we won't feel the ramifications for this in terms of what the fallout is going to be until we know how we're going to resume, when we're going to resume, and and whatever. Yeah, I, I, I'm not doubting that they are getting really good support, but I, I just would I, I wouldn't swap. I've not many times in my life that I would say that I wouldn't swap positions with Josh Butler, but now is definitely one of them. <laughs> um, I would just for the 124 part of it, then I'll pull out then. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com 
quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Together, we save balls. Ali Martin um, tweeted this morning about the England players. Um, England have confirmed that the IPL players, um, Johnny Bairstow, Joss Butler, Sam Billings, Chris Wokes, Moen Ali, Jason Roy, and the two Currens, um, a bit disrespectful to say that, Sam Curran and Tom Curran, have landed with different people, they're separate entities, people in their own right, landed back in the UK this morning and will begin a 10-day quarantine in government-approved hotels. I'd assume their hangers-on, for want of a better phrase, Joss Butler's missus and kid and stuff would have been with them on that flight. So they're going to basically start a 10-day quarantine period in government-approved hotels. Owen Morgan, David Milan and Chris Jordan are still in India um, and are expecting to fly home in, in the next 48 hours. The Australian side of stuff, they seem to be dividing their escape routes via either Sri Lanka or the Maldives um, and they have to then stay there for two weeks before they, the Australian customs will allow them back in um, and then presumably have to quarantine in Australia off the back of that too and obviously all of the other nations um, their players are having to make their own arrangements to get home as well so yeah they're all on their way and they're all going to find a way back to their own beds at some stage but it's not how we want an IPL to be this is it I mean Covid has changed the world doesn't it over the last 12 months and it's not the world that we want to live in so the IPL is suffering as a result of that but it's just a, a really nasty time isn't it Neil we're not seeing the culmination of a tournament like we want to we're not being entertained like we want to everything's just just leaves a bit of a sour taste isn't it there's an emptiness I think because it's finished in such an unsatisfactory way and I, I say that with the caveat that it may not be finished but certainly for the rest of this week yeah you're left feeling quite unsatisfied it felt like the first time this morning I got up and generally speaking, I get up and I laze around to get a coffee. And then I think my my thought then turns to, well, who's playing today? And for the first time for a while, since the IPL started and obviously doing these daily podcasts, got up this morning thinking, there's no cricket today, is there? That actually, you know, emptiness is the right thing. It just left me feeling a little bit cold. Yeah, I, I did have a completely unfair thought that I thought it's, uh, given what's uh, happened with the IPL, it's quite inconsiderate that Pakistan and Zimbabwe don't bring forward their test match by a few days uh, just for my own uh, personal sanity (laughs) it's weird that something which we think of as frivolous while acknowledging the massive financial impact across the the game it provides structure to um to our days and it's frivolous and it's and like we said yesterday it's frivolous it's a ball and a stick and blokes running around after it getting paid far too much for doing so in, in in numerous cases but it matters doesn't it it matters because it gives us an escape and more so for the guys in india um at the moment who are really suffering um are in lockdowns in a lot of places it's it's a way mentally to get away from that, even for a small amount of time. And this is why sports and films and art and so on do matter, because as much as they uh, they don't provide um, the uh, physical or monetary sustenance for us, they do give us a chance to reset mentally. Can you imagine a world, Dan, where there was no sport, there was no theatre, there was no movies, there was no music? It would be horrendous, wouldn't it? It would be. And that's um, kind of how it felt when sort of last late March, April time came around here before when everything got cancelled. We lost the football. We lost the start of the cricket season. We had a couple of months period where life was 
so empty it was painful um, well, gonna, and, when, when it's all come back I mean when the football came back when the cricket came back yeah. hopefully not too long the way we're going to see theatre and, and cinema coming back in, yeah. in England we're going to appreciate it so much more aren't we Definitely. It all seemed a little bit easier when we got the football back. I know it's behind closed doors, but it done a similar thing what the IPL, I'd imagine, is doing to the Indian population. It gave us a, a focus for the day, the, the way that they managed that we had a game a day. Um, and, you know, there was always something to, to look forward to. I think I just, actually checked, just, you know, when the IPL fixes came out, I actually checked to see if there were any dead days because I don't like that. When you're going through a tournament, <laughs> you get used to having a game a day and then suddenly on a Tuesday, there's nothing. And I was I was delighted when I looked through the IPL fixes and realised that there was a game every single day all the way through to a little gap before the playoffs started again. Yeah, that's one of the, the best things about the IPL, definitely. And for, for us in England as well, they're on at a really good time of the day. I think one, you know, every every clad has a silver lining and that silver lining is that we're going to see Tim Murtagh rip through Gloucestershire on Sky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you know? County Championship on um, on English TV. So that's, uh, that's not yeah, a bad definitely. thing. I just want to say, we we're talking about the quarantine periods earlier on that the Aussie guys are in the Maldives. And I think that's, you know, I think it's quite obvious who's got the rough end under the stick there that they're all in the Maldives and we've got the English guys coming home staying in a travel logic Gatwick for 10 days yeah, you, know? you, you say you won't you don't want to swap with Josh Butler I'll tell you what I'll swap with an Aussie on a, on a Maldives <laughs> beach for a couple of weeks I'd, I'd, I'd take that Michael Slater more <laughs> yeah exactly I, yeah, I, I, I'd love to go to the Maldives if anybody's out there wants to sponsor the cricket badge going to the Maldives then uh, yeah I'll go and link up with the Aussies and do uh, live reports from a Maldives beach more than happy to, uh, to help out if anybody needs that uh, service who knows wins? Put your money where your mates are. There's over 25,000 players and over £1 million already won. The biggest community pot was £31,000. And there's over 12,000 leagues created. Download our free app and play against your friends and family with bragging rights and real money on the line. Who knows wins in a different league. Um, just to finish with, guys, before we uh, we finish off today, um, and obviously thank you for joining me, um, as always. Um, I tweeted yesterday, and I was thinking about this last night, the likes of MS Dhoni, the Chris Gales, the Imran Tahirs, Harbhajan Singh, um, Robin Atapa. There's plenty of others that are in their kind of twilight of their careers. There may be, if you go even to the youngsters, there may be players that are playing in this IPL that might not have got retained or might not have been bought by somebody and this was their last IPL. They might not have known it at the time, but it was their last IPL. For the kind of big guys, MSD being the obvious one, if this was going to be his last IPL, and if we assume for a second that we're not going to see the, the completion of this tournament, there isn't a window and they're not going to be able to fit it in. This is such a crappy way for an MSD to go out of the game, isn't it? This is one of the giants of Indian cricket. This is one that a, a guy that's entertained the world for so, so long, for 20 years or whatever it's been. He has played the game brilliantly. He is an icon in India. If a man deserved to go out of the game with a full house clapping him off the ground, it's this fella. Chris Gale the same. I mean, Chris Gale, I'm sure, will be back in the auction next time, but there's no guarantee he's going to get snapped up again. But for an MSD to bow out with a, a, I said on the tweet yesterday, a pandemic press release, Neil, it's just not the way to go, is it? No, I think we all know how we'd imagine MSD going out. IPL final, Sam Curran gets out uh, with three balls to go and MSD strides in. Helicopter shot for six. Oh, well, no, there'd be a couple of um, very fancy leaves first just (laughs) just to build up the tension and then a helicopter six over Cal Corner. 
I think for him, I would expect him to play again next season. His returns have been worse, but we're talking about one of the greatest white ball players of all time. Uh, one of very few to have got all three white ball trophies, I think. The one thing with MSD, though, Neil, is that he isn't somebody that likes to stand on a massive stage and wave at everybody and take adulation, is he? He's not that kind of guy. And when he's retired from other formats of the game, he's kind of drifted off the military service and then it's kind of been re- revealed later on in a very subtle you know, way where he's not courted attention. You know, For him, it might actually be, be the right way to go out. He's not going to get that massive send-off. Potentially, although those of us who watch him on the field know that he likes to drag things out as long as possible so that he can finish with a big six um, right at the end when uh, everyone starts worrying a bit. But yeah, his um, his retirement from international cricket was a, a two-line Instagram post. Yeah, it's very subdued, uh, wasn't it? I wouldn't like him just to to go off when Sachin retired and the games got switched between Eden Gardens and the 1K day so he could finish in Mumbai and get the huge send-off. It it doesn't seem Dhoni's style, but I would like him to to at least get one last chance to to properly finish it. A tournament like this, finishing um, halfway through and then him just quietly retiring to his vice presidency of India Cements, it just doesn't it doesn't feel right to me. Gale was still going to see for a couple of years. He, he reckons that uh, he's got a few more years in him and if he can still continue playing after his knees have gone, then I don't see any any reason to stop that. He'll be playing franchise cricket for uh, for a while yet. They'll wheel him out. <laughs> They'll get him out there. I mean, Dan, I mean, the, what uh, we were saying about MSD there was that it might not be his style to go out with a bang, but supporters would want him to do that, wouldn't they? You, you talk to any Indian um, cricket fan and they are so invested in MSD. I mean, Naman on this podcast thinks MSD can do anything. He can walk on water. He can he, he can do absolutely anything. He's a genius. He's a wizard. He's a legend. He's a he's somebody that Naman would probably crawl around the world to, to actually touch on the leg. You've got those kind of fans out there for MSD that won't want him to just go out with a whimper. No, definitely not. The only concern I would have is that if, I mean, it, it was widely suspected that this would be his last tournament anyway. Way and it was looking like it would be behind closed doors, which isn't much of a, an end. Um, but at least, at least the fans would get to see him walk off, and they can they, would. they can they dance would. around their living rooms and, and celebrate him in their own way, can't they? I just don't think he's. I, I don't think that's fitting of the occasion, though. I think the man needs the, like you said, the crowds and the cheering, and the. It's not even cheering, is it? It's screaming and just absolute pure ecstasy to you know um, aim towards him. I think that would be the end that everyone would want for him. I've just got a, a sneaky suspicion that I don't think he's that bothered. Um, I don't think when his time's up, I think his time's up. What more sort of could you need other than, you know, he, he got carried round um, the Wankedi winning a World Cup? I quite yeah. like MSD for the fact that he's, that he's a bit understated in that respect. Yeah. Because yeah, the, te- um, the temptation is for a, for a player to walk off with a guard of honour and all the rest of it and milk it. I, I quite like the fact that MSD would be just as happy to walk out the back door and disappear off on his motorbike. You know, he might finish IPL, cut ties with the BCCI and come over for a little stint with Pom Bears in the 100, James. What do you think about that? We'll move on. Um, <laughs> anybody listening to this, we're not allowed to say the those two words that he just said on this podcast. What, um, Pom Bears? <laughs> no, the other one. The, 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 the numeric um, <laughs> reference to a new tournament that's coming up in England this summer. 
we're going to be back every single day throughout the rest of this IPL. Uh, that's what I usually say at this stage in a podcast. This IPL's finished, basically, isn't it? At the moment, we're waiting to find out if it's going to be rearranged or not. And it's, uh, you know, the potential window in September. It may never be finished. It might be the unfinished IPL, like Beethoven's unfinished sympathy. In, sim, sympathy? Symphony. So we'll see. We're going to kind of play it by ear. We'll definitely be back with you tomorrow with uh, another edition of the IPL Daily. It might even be it's the last one where we just round things off and uh, and say goodbye or adieu or au revoir until the IPL comes back for this season. It's uh, purely from the podcast side of things, it's a disappointing finish because we were uh, on the other tournaments we've done. We've kind of gone all the way through every single day of the competitions and we've had our little wrap party at the end of it. We've given out awards and we've thanked each other for being part of the show. And it feels like we're kind of just drifting off with, uh, with, without the full stop this time around. But just if uh, if we don't come back, um, there will be other Cricket Badger podcasts going forward, interviews with players and various things, the usual kind of podcasts that we do. Planning to be back for the England Test Series um, during the summer as well. And obviously India coming across to uh, England this summer is a big one. And I'm sure Neil um, and Dan will be uh, wanting to be part of that because that's a massive test series as we go through and the second half of the English summer. Before that, we got uh, the World Test Championship final. Yeah, the World Test Championship final got New Zealand over in England as well. So there's uh, yeah, plenty to look forward to with an English summer. So cricket hasn't gone away. It's just uh, it's just gone away for now. Um, but thank you out there, everybody, for listening. It's much appreciated. The IPL is a massive tournament, and I know you get very excited. And thanks for tuning in. Plenty of, of obviously, options in terms of entertainment around the IPL. So thank you for choosing the Cricket Badger podcast and the IPL dailies that we do. Um, and thanks, um, as always, for all of the fan badges. Had more fan badges on this uh, this series than any of the other series and that we've done in the past and they are brilliant i just stick out a, a note on twitter to say come along and, and talk about the ipl if you fancy it and i get the replies and i don't know who these guys are and then start to talk to them and uh, the likes of dan and neil and uh, naman and rito and claire and anand and uh knuckle and all the rest of them that have been on this time around deepak and samson and abhishek and um, raj and abai i'm sure i've probably missed one out there but uh they are brilliant. They come on and they talk with passion and they talk with knowledge and they talk with enthusiasm and it is much appreciated. I've been very, very fortunate with the uh, fan badges that have come forward. Never had a duff one. So there's a challenge for you. Apply and be a duff one and then break the trend. But uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant that they come on. I think you out there quite like that. The fact that you know, these aren't guys that get paid in the media to uh, to talk. They are fans. They love their franchises. They love their cricket and they talk with passion and knowledge and enthusiasm and that is uh, it's great to hear. So thank you to everybody out there for listening and thanks to the fan badges as well I'm saying that as if we're finishing and we're not doing just yet because we'll, we'll be back tomorrow but I just want to make sure that I give out all the thanks I can before I forget to um, and we will be back tomorrow with another edition of the IPL Daily feels a little bit kind of like after the Lord Mayor show because it's all, all kind of like drifting away but I think there's uh, interesting discussions still to be had I know Naman's on tomorrow I'm not sure who else I mean I usually do a rotor all the way through the games and I try and put the various fan badges against the uh, franchises they represent either the day before or the day after that's kind of gone out the window a little bit now because the fixes have all disappeared but we will be back tomorrow plenty to talk about as always in the cricketing world I've been James the Cricket Badger and I will see you tomorrow Brought to you in association with Who Knows Wins, put your money where your mates are, and play along with the Cricket Badger. Thanks for listening. We'll be back every day throughout IPL 14. Have your say on Twitter on at Cricket underscore Badger. We'll see you again tomorrow.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.